episode of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Join me as always is Jessica. All right, we are here. Uh, this is an impromptu podcast. We kind of like pulled this out of our ass at the last <laughs> second. Uh, we're sitting here in the midway room where Mark had uh, Mark's over here. Mark, say hi. Hello, Mark. Yeah, we're at Mark's off to the side. He's he, he'll be on in a minute. Um, we were we're in the showroom where is this where you ran? Wolfman for the first time? Okay, so if you listen to our that episode where Mark was on for the first time, this is the fabled room where we're standing room only where everyone's looking at all that stuff. So Mark was running there, so we had some open space, and we came and took it over. We have a few people, everyone. Yeah, I'll say hi. Woo! So... Actually, sounds like a hundred people. Yeah. So, we're Mars brought some movies. We're going to have a good time. Some of us got some libations going on. Jessica's in her little Godzilla hat. Woohoo! It's a good time. And we have guests. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Yes, introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Alan O.W. Barnes, the illustrator of Big in Japan, and with me I have. My name's Timothy Price, and I am the author and creator of Big in Japan. Woo! Please, gentlemen. For the people at home who have no idea who aren't here or mm-hmm. have no idea, please give us a little backstory to this. Well, I'd be happy to. And thanks for having us on. This mm-hmm. is great. We're uh, we're all at G Fest in oh, Chicago. Oh, awesome. this is awesome. <laughs> we thought and we were just gonna sit up here and BS. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. So, Big in Japan basically uh, is about rock stars that fight kaiju, <laughs> and uh, the whole premise is is uh, I, I I played in bands all my life. I mm-hmm. toured mm-hmm. Interna- uh, nationally. Uh, lived the life for 20-some years, and I've had a deep passion for kaiju ever since I waited in line to see the smog monster when I was about eight years old. And uh, so after touring for a lot of years and doing writing, and uh, I just thought it would be really fun to put them all together about guys who are on the road and, and doing band stuff touring in Japan who get caught between a battle between kaiju and they get uh, they get asked to join this secret government organization called the Earth Intelligence Organization otherwise known as the EIEIO or the EIO. <laughs> And um, I'm shocked you didn't make it ELO. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're bar band guys, so they haven't mm-hmm. made it yet. So the carrot on the stick and the the golden contract is: well, if you pilot this giant mech, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll give you a cover of rock stars. So we'll give you fame and fortune, <laughs> and you can go all over the world undercover for this, and you fight kaiju. That's that's the that's the trade off. It sounds very reminiscent to like a lot of those idol movies in Japan, where they're superheroes by night, but like they're pop stars by day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's yeah. a lot of that. Um, but what I like to think about Big in Japan is, you know, they're not really a Nickelodeon band yeah. or anything like that. There's a scene in the in the first book where they can't fight uh, the kaiju mm-hmm. how they should because the lead singer is too drunk to drive the robot. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, they're definitely a touring band, and mm-hmm. they're they're you know going through all the stuff that uh, definitely more of an American version. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> but uh, we've had. I, I, it's been phenomenal. I, I've sold worldwide um, between two and three thousand books oh, nice. on the first yeah. one. 
which is not huge, but I got to tell you, it's a great start. It's a, yeah, it's self-published. Self-published on Amazon. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, I've sold copies in almost every country that Amazon has distribution right. in, and something that makes it real special is, of course, Alan O.W. Barnes' illustrations, mm. and Alan has also um, had some creative input in the story as well, and we've worked together as a team on musical projects and other art projects and stories for about 20 years, but just really quick, what makes this book really fun is... So, Robert Scott Field, M11, yeah. from Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Um, he is a character in the story, <laughs> and he uh, let me use his likeness, and he also has had a bit of creative input with the story, too. And through Scott, we were able to go through uh, um, Akira Takarada's people, mm. and um, last year... Takarada-san gave me permission to use his likeness oh, nice. in the story, too. And what's really cool is, you know, I had to go through all the proper channels and all that, and I was dealing with his English liaisons and everything, and it's like, well, you need to send Takarada-san a paragraph. You need to send him a picture and all that. And his character is, he's, this, he's a brilliant doctor, and the, the EIO <laughs> is his last means to be able to fight back and defend uh, Japan because mm -hmm. they give him the means to do so. And he liked the character, he liked the story, but what his, uh, the gentleman who put me in touch with him and was talking to me, he said what he thinks Takarada-san liked the most was that the character, the character's name is Kiyoshi Takarada, and what he had stated was that was... Akira Takarada's father's name. Oh, 100% wow. a coincidence. Wow. So it was really, and I think that's why he did it. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Good enough for me. <laughs> you know? So Alan, when you heard about, I assume, did you approach Alan about this first, or was it? Well, I let me tell this. Story. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, what was going? What was yeah. the thoughts going so, through your mind? So, so Tim originally talked to me about, um, uh, you know, basically writing and drawing a comic book version of Big in Japan. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. uh, and I basically said, Tim, you should write it. Yeah. And uh, and he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're trying to do an impression. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, but uh, but thankfully, Tim uh, took me at my word and did it, knocked it out of the park. And you did that three years ago, and we've had a wonderful experience with it, and it's had. Uh, great reviews uh, at a number of places, including MTV.com. Oh, yep. nice. And um, uh, G-Fan. G-Fan. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically, uh, I came back and have just provided illustrations and, uh, and a little bit of creative input here and there. Uh, I think my, my biggest creative input was um, I talked Tim into not making the mech a typical Japanese mech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he had initially been pitching something to me that was very similar to... A, a Shogun mech warrior. Yeah. Right. Real big, real smooth. Yeah, but the thing is in the story, and this is where Alan got the idea, is that the mech is forced upon the Japanese mm -hmm. because the kaiju problem yeah. has now escaped the borders of Japan and has gotten into America. Mm -hmm. So they're like, no, we're taking over. You're going to take this mech. So, 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 so what I said was, well, if it's an American mech piloted by piloted by Americans, it should, go American. it, 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 it should have a it should yeah. have a throwback to American culture the same way yes. that all the Japanese mech has a throwback to Japanese culture, mm -hmm. which is where we came up with the cowboy robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alan, it's, it's Alan. He's he's giving me 
credit for that. Alan came up with the cowboy robot. I came up with the name The Duke. Cause I'm a John. I'm so, I'm so I was going to say, is it John Wayne? It's, it's The Duke. It's yes, the Duke. okay. And he's got, okay. He's got mega photon six shooters oh, and that's all awesome. this. And, yeah, and, uh, yes. I like you, got, you actually did keep like an American robotic look to it as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, I really based a lot of it, though, on... Uh, the Robotech Veritech. Really? Oh, but I dressed okay. it up with mm-hmm. the appropriate armature yeah. to make it look more like a... Yeah, there, there's there's a certain bulkiness yes. to it that screams a lot more like American style. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, my original version was very trim. Very yeah. streamlined. And, uh, and, uh, and and Tim actually said, no, it's got to be bulkier than that. That man. doesn't look like a kaiju or <laughs> a Metcalf. You start with some weight that you think yeah. is going to stand right. up Absolutely, to absolutely. So, so definitely a collaborative process, but uh, very enjoyable. Yeah. Um... And so, uh, really, that's uh, that, that's that, that's how the whole thing started. And we really started with an eight-page uh, comic book uh, that, oh, that, that, that I drew. laughing so hard. <laughs> he goes, he goes. Well, let's start with a comic book. And I went, okay. So I started doing uh, first a storyboard, right? Yeah. And I started coming up with an idea for it. And all of a sudden, my storyboard starts growing. He goes, well, let's go ahead and do like. Uh, well, if we're not going to do a comic, he's looking at it going, this is way too yeah. much for so an 18-page comic. Yeah, yeah, the first, As the an first, artist? The, yeah. The first script he gave me, because I was saying, I said, hey, let's let's do something small and simple just so we can get the idea out. Mm-hmm. And I said, maybe an 8- to 20-page comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he hands me the script. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a phone book. So, so, so I read it. I read, read my it. script. Yeah, yeah. I read it, and I call him back, and I say, Tim. This is about a hundred and fifty page graphic so novel. I know, isn't it great? Isn't it great? <laughs> like even a studio like you need to trim about twenty pages off. Absolutely. That thing. Yeah. But so, <laughs> go ahead. Well, so 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 anyway, um, what I said back was, look, uh, uh, I, I can't commit to drawing all of this for a self-published. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we don't really have a lot of money. Well, what if we do a graphic novel? Right. No. Well, okay. What if we do a novella? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you could just do a couple of illustrations per chapters and all that. So the storyboard right. goes from the comic book. The comic book turns into a novella. The novella turns into a novel. I'm on the second novel. <laughs> that second novel just came out, and I'm working on the third. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's bigger than all of us. If we can't stop it, <laughs> so 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 we are going to try to do some uh, some comics related to it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but but what I'd like for the comics to be are shorter stories mm-hmm. in the universe, as opposed to. Uh, trying to do a graphic novel version of the novel because the novel is what the novel is and yeah. it's great yeah. already. We don't need to retell that story. Well, we're gonna we're gonna revamp it a little bit because um, mm-hmm. we've we've done a few panels here over the last few years and we don't really keep it a secret what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we are lining up to do uh, an animatic and and put all our ducks in a row to shoot for an animated series because. We're both, we've been in Atlanta before, uh, Alan's been in Hong Kong for the last year, and I lived in Atlanta for 24 years up until last year, and we've got a lot of friends at Cartoon Network and Adult Swim and all that, yeah. and one of our very good friends uh, does the show Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Oh, I talked to him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great guy, oh, Shane Morton. Yeah, yeah, I talked to him. Do you, yeah. Really, we did an album together, if you've ever seen his uh, Silver Screen Spook Show album, uh-huh. I produced it and played all the guitar oh, wow. and wrote all the music, Alan engineered it, co-produced that played bass, mm-hmm. and that CD we did vignettes because it's it's uh, it's about their characters uh, from the Silver Screen Spook Show putting together the perfect horror album as they go around the world. So there's vignettes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a scene uh, 
for a song on there called The Atomic Stomp, which is obviously yeah. a song about Godzilla, and there's a, a vignette in there where the guy, they go into Guitar Center, and the guy goes, well, dude, my band's really big in Japan. Mm -hmm. And that's where the idea hit me, right there. In my basement, Alan was there, Shane Morton was there, <laughs> and, uh, and that kind of spawned the whole thing. So you're, you said you're two books in now, mm -hmm. and are you work, I, I'm, I'm gathering from the way you're speaking, you're working on a third one then. Absolutely. And Is this a trilogy? It, I don't know. I don't know. Or we're going to do like a publisher's I, lie when it becomes yeah, like yeah, a it's, trilogy, it's, it's because the, it's a six, the, seven book yeah, series. Yeah, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. You know, yeah, there's five writing, books. Yeah. Yeah, and... and uh, the first one was gonna be there. It's a standalone, but mm -hmm. you know, like so many things, were a sequel. It's like Star Wars, we initially wrote it sure. as standalone, but we left room for sure. it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but what's really fun about the book is that um, the first story is the protagonist is the lead guitarist, mm -hmm. and it's told from his point of view. The second book is told from the point of view of the lead singer. Okay. And these so guys... They're going to be like a theme yeah. running... Yeah, through. yeah, okay. and they're, they're at odds a lot of times, so mm -hmm. it's kind of cool because there's sort of some backstories and a little bit of flashbacks where they look... It's not the same story, but they'll look at events that happened in this book, and they each have their own take on the events, remembering it in a completely different nice. way. You know, and uh, the band consists of... Um, uh, Tommy Lynn Taylor, guitar player, Nathan Fox, the lead singer, Olivia Olivetti, who was an EIO agent, put in the band <laughs> to kind of keep them in line. Mm -hmm. And the other two player uh, members of the band are aliens. <laughs> and which they're they're aliens. They're two aliens, but they're really uh, w they they act as one entity. They're like a hive mind kind of thing. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure I've blown up so much of the planet on this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's any major city you can think of is kind of gone now. Mm -hmm. So i got to start looking at other planets. <laughs> so I think uh, I'm going to tell it from their point of view mm -hmm. as two aliens but as one entity. Okay. If I can yeah. pull it off, I think it'll be cool. But the very next thing you're likely to see from us from Big and yeah. is... Yes, is uh, nice. is is a story about the bass player. This yep. isn't a finished drawing yet, but it is the the cover of uh, the the comic book that I'm working on. It'll be about a twenty page one shot mm -hmm. about the bass player. Mm. Nice, that's okay. awesome. Give, give the uh, give the audience a quick look if you could. What was it a conscious effort to put a woman in a group a yes. band of men I'll to keep them I'll tell you about that to keep them in line? I, I'm going to tell. Do you mind? Yeah. Do you can, mind? I, can I tell the story? Absolutely. All right. So, um, so I, I do you mind? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. So I came to Tim with this uh, with the with the, with the idea that uh, the bass player in the band should be based on me because I'm. Uh, Sort of an anal retentive, overcritical kind of guy, and I went, and I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, and I and I thought that that would be fun to to, to have as a juxtaposition against some of the other characters, and I thought it'd be about. fun to write about. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and uh, and then and then maybe a month later, he calls me up and he says, "Hey, dude, I think I think the bass player really needs to be a chick. Do you mind?" <laughs> <laughs> so his, the the player, the 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 character's name is so. Alan's name, he, he signs all of his, he goes by Alan O.W. Barnes. Mm. Um, so the O stands for Oliver, and mm, O.W. is Oliver okay. Wendell. Mm. So the original bass player's name was Oliver. Mm -hmm. right. It's now Olivia. He's <laughs> a little Easter egg for you yeah, guys to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. But it's kind of fun because I've known Alan for a long time, and he is one of the most brilliant people I know and one of the most... Very talented musician, Drink artist, up. and all of that. And man, 
It was uh, after all of the projects we did and everything. Right. It was really fun to write about you. I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Oh my god. <laughs> Probably true. But it's but he he reads it. He goes, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was there ever a moment when you were writing, you were like, "Oh, this could be a friendship ender," but let's just keep going. Oh, it's really weird. <laughs> we're bring him down a page. I've got to tell you, what's really weird is that you know you write a lot of your protagonists or your main characters are. To a writer, you know, a lot of times they use themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's mm-hmm. funny is that um, both of these characters in the book I'm writing using my past experiences, even though it's two different characters. Mm-hmm. And what's really weird is that the the lead singer who I'm writing about from my past experiences is now romantically involved with Olivia <laughs> in the book. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Get a little meta. On yeah. See, yeah. Since he told me that, I was like, "That's strange." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His bromance mm. has become yes. something yeah, right. more. Yeah, right. But he's so handsome. <laughs> he looks great in a skirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. So what we, oh, well, I asked this. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, he lost his shit. <laughs> he lost it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I asked this of all of our guests whenever they come on. Mm-hmm. So, what? When? When did the bug bite you guys in the kaiju genres? Oh boy, the <laughs> my. Um, can I plug a magazine I Go write ahead, for? I write for a magazine. Okay, I write for a magazine called Mad Scientist Magazine, okay. and I just did an article about being. Uh, I just turned fifty, so I was a seventies monster kid, okay. and uh, I just wrote an article about being. A 70s monster kid and going to films and seeing all of uh, this stuff, riding your bicycle to the theater. And uh, um, But my first greatest kaiju experience that got me involved with all of this stuff was my dad was bringing my brother and I home from my nana's, and I was probably eight years old, and he let us stay up. In Minnesota, we had the show called Whore Incorporated that came on at midnight mm-hmm. on Saturdays, and it was a big deal. And he goes, Hey, you guys want to stay up till midnight and watch a movie? And I go, well, mom's going to make us go to bed. Ow, we don't have to tell her. So it was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I was eight years old. We stayed up and watched that. And then after that, I was hooked. Famous Monsters of Filmland. I have like 300 Super 8 uh, monster films. I collect monster films and projectors and waited in line to see Godzilla versus the Smog Monster when I was a kid. Went and saw Megalon. It's just been... Never ending ever since. Got a giant kaiju collection. Uh, now I'm collecting the Gigantics from. Remember the Gigantic models? Yes. Uh, the the Fun yeah. Dimensions. So yes. collecting those and uh, looking for a creature features game. I just got the Vincent Price Shrunken Head. Remember the apple? You shrink the apple yeah, yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah. I just found one. It was shrink wrapped at Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's been a long addiction for me. Yeah. You know, um, in all honesty. Uh, I'm learning about kaiju right now. Really? Yeah. So you're, uh, you're new to the... I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie. Uh, Tim is getting me into it. Uh, now, I've been uh, a comic book fan and a yeah. sci-fi fan you and a classic car. Oh, man. Uh, grew up DC. Now, definitely Ooh. more of a Marvel guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what, era, what era are we talking about? Uh, we have so much to talk my, about. The, okay, so the, for the first <laughs> two comic books I read when I was a kid that mm-hmm. really like won me over were... Um, uh, one of the Frank Miller Daredevils. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. and, in the early eighties, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then and then on the DC side was uh, uh, the New Teen Titans number sixteen. Wow. Oh, nice. Wow. Yay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Wolfman, right there. 
Wolfman Perez. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I've been a diehard comic book fan ever mm-hmm. since, and uh, and and way into that side of things. But uh, you know, and I actually do a podcast called The Legion of Lethargic Super Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we talk about uh, sci-fi and fantasy uh, books and yeah. comics and, and, yeah. and movies, and uh, you know I've been doing that for uh, seven years now. Nice. Yep. Um, wow. So you're like you were out there right at the swing of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just after the beginning of it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, it was like pre iTunes before even iTunes. Was like, oh no no no! I, iTunes was doing it was ten it? years okay. ago. Yeah yeah yeah. I was I was I was just barely too late to the party mm-hmm. to really catch the initial wave. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so way into all of that, uh, you know, four years ago when we started talking about Big in Japan, that mm-hmm. was really when, uh, when Tim started my kaiju education yep. and I yep. still sit at the feet of the master. Well. Wait, wait, what, what did he show you first? Oh, uh, I, I gave him a list. I told yeah. him when he was, uh, I told him to do a little pre kaiju study, um, right. because of, uh, you know, Saburai is, interest in Kong mm-hmm. and stop motion so I said you have to watch the original Kong mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the very first thing he gave me was the creature the, the, from uh, I, you know, I gave you the beast from 20,000 fathoms. 20, fathoms and I actually recognized it as the uh, Ray Bradbury story yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the lighthouse yeah. lighthouse absolutely which is Cool, and then uh, it shows up in the first like thirty minutes of the film, and it's like, right. oh, we're in Uncharted. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, of course, um, I told him to watch both Gojira and Godzilla: King mm-hmm. of the Monsters, mm-hmm. and uh, so from there, we've been talking about um, other movies, and uh, it's 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 fun. It's fun to sit down and say, okay, let's watch this one, and yeah. we'll talk about it. And uh, I, I love how how you're drawing. It, it just amazes me how I love the illustrations in the first book. I, I do, and his illustrations in the second one just blow my mind. I mean, they look so. I mean, like stuff like this, and it's fun because I get to tell. I, I get to. I, I can't. I can draw a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I can draw a foot <clears throat> yeah. being submerged <laughs> underwater, and I give it to him. Yeah. And I have. A, I have a carrier in the story called the Tomoyuki. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is the carrier that submerges, and I give him the foot underwater, mm-hmm. and he draws this big, massive, just intricate, wonderful vessel, <laughs> yeah. And um, so you it's... Do you yourself, too? What's that? Do you ink, too? I do. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Too. yeah. Okay. So it's been fun, and uh, it's, it's... Alan, in turn, has been a mentor to me in many ways because we both uh, are producers. We both record. He's helped me a lot with... Uh, uh, home recording. Um, we just produced Robert Scott Field's new CD. Oh, nice! And we just finished it up uh, in Minneapolis uh, four days ago. Yeah, Tuesday. Yep. And it's funny because uh, the only place on the planet that I actually get consistent airplay is off Scott's first CD, <laughs> and of course it's in Japan. Mm. You know, so, so it's, it's so, kind of all kinds. Yeah, of so they go, "You're big in Japan." Well, I'm more like mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's been fun, and you, you know how it is. Mm. If you get somebody who wants to learn about kaiju, yeah. it's like showing, it's like pulling the slides out and the pictures in your wallet of your kids. It's yeah, like, it's like, all right, what are we going to do? Let's do it. Where are we going to start? Old, it's that old scroll thing where they unfurl it. Yeah, exactly. It's like 30 feet. <laughs> it's like that, yeah. Every time I, someone is like, okay, so, like, that happened a lot after Pacific Rim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with, uh, with me. And in fact, that's what got us, like, it's like talking in the first place. Like, oh, you oh, see cool. a Pacific Oh, yeah. Like, I know that. I'm like, 
you know about that? Like, <laughs> no, really? I'm so skeptical when like, you looked at me. I don't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then she started like listening. She started dropping science. I'm like, oh shit, you do know this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, then she's like, you want to do a podcast? Okay, let's do it. But, so that, that's how you guys started? That's exactly oh, that's we, we, both, so, we both do press. So wow. we always see each other at the step and repeat carpet okay. oh, at gotcha. convention. Oh, cool. Very cool. So, and then we had some like, downtime. We, we were right next to each other. So we're, and there was one, we were at uh, the Paley Center, and she was listing up. She's like, hey, so you're into giant monsters? Yeah. And you're into, like, uh, MMA? I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, are you all, like, she was like, uh, ding, ding. Like, it was getting, like, all the trucks. The like, what, what, are, so are you into monster trucks? I'm like, that's the one thing I'm not into. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the part of my, my white trash side never got into that. So. <laughs> but hers had no problem. Yeah, yeah, she had no problem. You look like you got, like, 129 IQ, and, like, you should be, like, just spinning beakers and stuff like that. And you're watching Monster Madness, so. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. You're watching Bigfoot crumple a, like, 70. Nine like Pinto or something like that. Because there's something yeah, the greatest thing in the world. Because there's something simplistic about it. Yeah. Which is why I think people enjoy Hulk or like I said, there's well, a moment when they're stomping. It's a simplistic, primal, like easy thing. Like me, I'm a fight nut. Like I mm-hmm. love fighting. I love like there's. I look at fighting like it's there's there's an art to it. and There's also like a ballet to it. Like, right. There's really crap. Like when people do like fight scenes, you can tell them like when you're laying, it's like you have no clue about this. And then like there's people like I um. And when you add destruction to it, that needs more. Like, there's people who complained and complained about the last Superman. Not, not Batman, mm-hmm. but the first one. Superman's out, it's like, it's just mindless destruction. I'm like, they're two gods going at yeah, it. Yeah. You want them to be going yeah. like this to each other. It's like, no, you want them to be smashing each other. Yeah. Like they're hitting the windows shatter from how hard they're, and it's not even affecting them because that's how hard. That's what you want out of stuff like that because that doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, and I think that, that primal instinct that you're <laughs> yeah. talking about, I think, at least I know me. That's yeah. why I loved watch. I loved right. watching these big monsters trash yes. these buildings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, do you love just miniatures? I mean, I love you, it. Yeah. you just look at miniatures and go, "God, yeah. that's cool. I want to wreck it." You know, and uh, those. I mean, destroy all monsters. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, the the when I really truly discovered like the appreciation for miniatures, it was War mm. the Gargantuas. Oh yeah. When they had because the beauty was the Gargantuas weren't as big as Godzilla. See, so they're smaller. So when they're like doing like uh, like Japanese like uh, wrestling drop kicks yeah. and judo throws into each other, and you can actually see when the buildings fall down, like they put the little furniture. Yeah, and you, it's like yeah. wow, that's like you can. There's the, it was that boundary of of that almost uncanny valley and like realism where it's like it it looks like it's, because. You know, Gear's fucking arms go yeah, back yeah. into it, and he's like falling. Like you see the couch falling down, but it's like I know that's not a real couch, but damn, does that look? It good. looks great. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I made them. It's because of War of the Gargantuas, mm-hmm. and I love the the giant, massive kaiju that are out now. And you know, they're getting bigger to accommodate getting, bigger yeah. cities yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I did that in this book. Mm-hmm. I kept them at sixty meters okay. because I like that. It's kind of going back to the early, you know, Showa yeah. sizes and all that. But it was War of the Gargantuas that really wanted me to keep them. Yeah. I wanted them giant, but I didn't want them massive. Yeah. And uh, so there's a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly that's what the, I thought. That's one of the beautiful things about Pacific Rim when I watched it. It's like mm-hmm. they weren't. They were huge, but they weren't like overtly like. Big, like yeah, they weren't like yeah. stupid big. Like there's that <clears throat> beautiful shot. It was in the trailer, but when they played in the movie, it works even better when uh, Gypsy's fighting Otachi, mm-hmm. and Otachi disappears in the building. Yeah. So they're like, look, so there's that. 
there's just that scene when Gypsy's walking, but the camera's following it behind the building. So you're seeing like Gypsy's head turn as it's walking, just strutting through yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, And he's just like, you're getting the because it's because the beauty is it's not like, okay, we're looking over all the buildings. It's like, no, now we're playing hide and seek in yeah. the jungle, but it's all buildings. Yeah. So when when Otachi does bust through, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you didn't know it was there because it was about the same size as the buildings. So. Oh, we went, we went, uh, you know, Linda Miller's here mm-hmm. for Red yeah. G Fest, and we're in Chicago, and uh, uh, Kira Takarada's here. So we went to the late night showing of King Kong Escapes last night, and, uh, you know, they're about the same size in that one, too. Yeah. And when they show Mechanicong mm-hmm. uh, making his debut in Tokyo, and he's, yeah. he's literally busting out of the building. I mean, see, that comes from that size, yeah. which is really cool. And, of course, since... You know, Frankenstein conquers the world, and more of the gargantuas are connected. Same thing. You know, when they those great sets when Frankenstein still hasn't got quite as big Mm -hmm. as he's going. He's walking the police car and the apartments and all that. Like fifty foot at that point. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, he looks. And that's the thing too. I think that's a lost art, especially with like the like that they don't do hair suits anymore. Yeah, because you can. There's so much more you can get away with. With I'm like a a reptilian monster, Mm -hmm. much more visually appeasing. But you just, I mean, King Kong versus Godzilla is one of my favorite films. Yeah, me too. And part of this because the fight they they made it like not only is it part of a wrestling match, but it's also. Very just physical. Like yeah. they're not Godzilla's not breathing, like shooting his fire. Kong is just they're swinging. They're, they're going fighting. Out fighting. They're yeah. fighting. And I think what it's like what you said. There's that that primal feeling, and yeah. there's there's an art to it, like a ballet, yes. especially in that. Is it is that still Toho's highest growing Godzilla movie? Yes. Has it been passed? Uh, no, I think if you adjust for inflation, still it's most. I think it's it's. Wow. I think the only thing that compares now is the the legendary film. Yeah, like I think you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. dead on. Wow. Which I'll be curious to see when Legendary does their Kong versus Godzilla. Do you think they're still going to do it the third in the series? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. No, they know they got that locked. They're they're going. Legendary is in the monster business now. Yeah. So they got Kong coming out next March. Yep. They got Pacific Rim two. Yep. The May after that. Godzilla 2, that's 2019, and then Kong, Godzilla, yep. at 2020. And Ka- then God only knows, if they keep going with that, hopefully they do. Kaiju's huge. It is. I mean, literally, in, in, yeah. in on many levels, you know, and it's so fun because it, it was absent for so long, except for us you fans, know. you know, pulling out our DVDs and our videos. And and guys <laughs> like Mark finding a lost treasures. Yeah, oh, right. God, yeah. 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 <laughs> which is which was one of the coolest things I ever saw was uh, when Mark brought in... Uh, the Wolfman? The Wolfman. Oh, God. Uh, no, he was like Dr. Jones finding yeah. the lost yeah, right. yeah. with that. I, I remember <laughs> this room just packed and everybody sitting here going, drools coming out of it. They're going, oh. And, and, and you know, you had the trailer and all the different pictures. I'm just... <laughs> taking all these pictures and I get home and I have like a thousand pictures of the same picture and it's like I gotta keep yeah. every one of them you yeah. never know don't do it this one's a little different I'm keeping them all yeah. <laughs> one interesting fact the very first time I dropped the footage you know because I got it just a few days before G-Fest I mean I showed up the last minute unannounced here. Mm-hmm. my friends didn't even know I was here on Thursday night after I checked in came out of my room was carrying my iPad I was looking around because I hadn't been to a G Fest in nine years. I see Tim in the hallway setting up his eight millimeter projector. <laughs> he is the very first one. I was. I was the first one to see. I, you I, had it on your iPad. Yeah, yeah. That's even, right. I, <laughs> I thought this guy likes monster movies. So, hey, is it, he is comes. Monster movies never released. <laughs> I remember standing like this, just looking. He's standing next to me. He's got the iPad. I'm like this. 
Holy <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I, you know what? I remembered that, but I I forgot that I was the first one. Who started. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Boy, what it what. It's so awesome that you share that with everybody here, and it, what it, it, it's just—it's so cool that some of that stuff is surfacing, and now. Well, that's the beauty about the internet, too. Yeah, I mean that's—I yeah. mean that's kind of how you know Mark Kim found it. So just contact people talking, and you know, it, it didn't hurt that he had a guy that was you know somewhat connected to that to help right. him with the search. So. Right, absolutely. But you know, that's it goes so. Be nice to everybody. Make some contact because you never know who's going to help you out with something. You never know. Yeah. I mean, just don't call them to help you move. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow your truck? Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a lot about like making it like kaiju's kind of come back into the film industry. Mm -hmm. We talked about how you have friends who worked over at Adult Swim. You know, turning this into something animated. If you guys had your dream casting. Mm. For the people, who would you guys have? As we said, Alan looks great in a skirt. So right. who would be the female actress that you think that could portray him or uh, even Nathan? And geez. We haven't thought about this very much. Oh, I, I can kind of think of that, though. Obviously, um, um, one is obvious. One would have to be Robert Scott. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> right? there's, there's, there's an android in the, in the story, and mm -hmm. he's, he's based off of Robert Scott Field. And, and he played, like I said earlier, he played, and like you all know, he played uh, M11 in Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a similar android. And in Big in Japan, Scott, his name is Scott, mm -hmm. but it's an acronym, and it stands for. It's funny because Scott's like, I can't. I got to remember what my name is. I got it. <laughs> sophisticated and complex organic thorium tackle. <laughs> oh, that's Scott. So, yeah, good. Okay, so that's a no-brainer. That of course, would be Scott. Of course. Now, Takarada, his character is him. Mid sixties, sixty eight, Monster Zero, Son of Godzilla, or uh, Godzilla vs Sea Monster. I mean, and uh, King Kong escapes. So I don't know if he could do that. So I'm not sure who would play Doctor Kiyoshi Takarada. Um, so you know Hollywood thing. It's like anybody that looks Asian, let's grab them. <laughs> Kent Watanabe. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was thinking, what's his name from uh, the play Storm Shadow in um, G.I. Joe? Ooh. Right. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh, Kim. Uh, Beyond, Beyond, Beyond. Yeah, Beyond, Beyond, Thank yeah. you. That might be kind of cool. Sure. Uh, Nathan Fox thinks he's, he looks like Jim Morrison, if mm. you look at all okay. the stuff, because he thinks he's Jim Morrison, so he mm. tries to look like Jim Morrison, and they call him the Lizard King throughout the book. <laughs> yeah. And, um... So if it was a few years ago, we could have got Val Kilmer to do it, but I think that kind of yeah, that went the wrong direction. So, but if it's just voice talent, yeah. if it's voice talent, absolutely. Um, who do you think for? Who I know. Do you think for yeah, Olivia? yeah, you're an artist. Yeah, like you're the artist on there. Do you? Is there anyone? Yeah, you can well, I mean, um, for for I, I actually do reference a lot of Jim Morrison for. Oh, okay, for okay, him, and I reference. Uh, uh, Mick uh, Jagger, Mick Ronson, Ronson, Mick Ronson, for, for the he, guitar player. He, if, if he was, yeah, he was, he was David Bowie's guitar player. Like, uh, and that's some of the, the band is kind of uh, a reflection of the glam rock days. Yeah. Uh, um, their band, a Cinderella. Like, hey, no, even earlier than that, we're no. talking Ziggy Stardust, oh, Spider yeah. from oh, Mars. Yeah. yeah, and that's Mick Ronson, yeah. and um, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny because the band. 
they get in a big argument with the agency because the, the agency says, we're going to call the band a Vinyl Crush. And they're like, we hate the name. We don't want to call it Vinyl Crush, blah, blah, blah. They're the ones in charge. They're the, the record company. They're the bosses, so it becomes Vinyl Crush. And before that, the band is called F-Bomb. And um, so it's real raw. It's, it's rock and roll. They have uh, songs called... Um, pants full of love. One's called "I Hate Your Face," and one's called <laughs> "Images on the Wall." So it's kind of you know rock and roll, rock and roll attitude, kind of young. You know the whole rock and roll thing. You yeah. know, so um, I think uh, I see a guy playing Tommy who looks like Mick Ronson, and that's who I told Alan to draw him as. And nowadays, I have no idea who could play that. I want Jeff Bridges in there somewhere. Everyone wants Jeff Bridges. Everyone wants Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I mean, he could play Sir Jack. You know, he'd just have to do a British accent, you know? Yeah, right. What about for Olivia? Yeah, for Olivia. Oh. Um, Brunette. Yeah. Italian. She's Olivia Olivetti. Right. So. Right. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh my goodness. I've never thought. Of, what a what a great question. I mean, we we have to be up all night. Yeah. Now you're gonna be up like three in the morning. Like, to, son of a. Bitch, we're gonna have to plan this question. Yeah. Um, but you know, I will say that if if it were up to me and we could pick a director. Yes. Who oh. would your director be? I mean, unquestionably, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh, we're Whedon. Big, we're big Joss Whedon fans. Yeah, yeah. Whedon. Okay, Whedon that's fans. a good one. Yeah. Um, or uh, what's the name of the guy who made uh, Looper? Oh, oh, Ryan Johnson. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ryan, he just yeah. finished up Star, uh, Star Wars episode. Right. Yep, right, yep, right, right, yep, yep. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I think, didn't Gareth back out of the new Godzilla to yeah. do uh, I, Star Wars? No, no, he was, he signed on to do that right in the middle of doing Godzilla. That's what came out. Okay. And then he was signed to do Godzilla 2 and possibly 3. And I, I'm all, I'm that guy that's like, look, unless the it's the director's own thing, I've been in the mindset that, like, you really don't need the same guy to keep coming. You don't need a time down for eight years. Uh, yeah. Because I after agree. a while, it shows in the work. It's like, okay, now I'm just kind of phoning it in because I'd rather <laughs> be doing something else. So, right. like, yeah. Unless yeah. he really wanted to come back, it's like, I need to finish. Like, Nolan with the Batman stuff, like, I, he had a hand yeah. in writing it all that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, other than that, it's like, we don't need to... We, we don't need to keep bringing these guys. Like, Michael Bay does not need to keep making Transformers nope. movies. Paramount's the one that's forcing him. Yep. They're like, yep. look, you yep. do one for us, we'll do one for you, because we don't have any faith that anybody else could do these. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And therein lies the problem, because they probably would do even better if someone else came in with some fresh eyes. To do yeah. He's looking up actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. Look up actors. <laughs> I'm, looking up, I'm, looking up, uh, I'm looking up Italian actresses. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. so, Monica Bellucci is a little bit maybe... Past the the age demographic right. you yeah, want, but when yeah. Monica was young, I mean she's yeah. still beautiful now. Yeah, yeah, she was my first choice for Wonder Woman years ago, wow. back when she still could. <laughs> but you know now she they have a certain age limit that they want in the studios. But as 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 they he's the, looking they up, the diamond from. Uh yeah, Logan's running their hands. Yeah, like, oh, yeah can't yeah. come in. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm so old school with that stuff. I mean, I'm just like uh, every, everything I love. I always like what you just said. I, I'm just like that. I gravitate to 20 years or further. Yeah, back. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Harpo Marx would be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? You were like, in its prime. Yeah, like, absolutely. you always ended at that. Absolutely. Um, we, could, we could get Lon Chaney to do it, you know? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm so... I love classic everything. Classic mm -hmm. films, classic horror, 
everything. I, I love new stuff. Screw too. new stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like things better when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd rather just sit down and watch yeah, Hellray exactly. all weekend. Yeah, I go through life and it's like ah, these kids and the Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching when it first came yeah, on. Yeah, damn Pokemon. There was only 151 when I was a kid. That's how I like it. <laughs> So while we're on the topic of, like, we hope would be your future film in the future, I would say from a script standpoint Mm -hmm. and from an artist standpoint, Mm. what would be something that you absolutely feel as an element or a heart of it that cannot change and that if a studio executive tried to change it, you would punch him in the face? Well, it needs to retain... It needs to retain the metaphors and it needs to hold on to the homage... To the kaiju of the past, of the past, and the movies that that we love, it has to have that. And I love the Heisei movies. I love the Showa period. I love the Millenniums, and I'm happy with any of that. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me. We we talked about when we we're discussing doing. Uh, we've got all sorts of things going on. We're uh, we. Uh, and everything between uh, the comic book series that we talked about to the animated series, once again, that we're right. uh, talking about, we've switched our gears a little bit to do the comic book first to get a little bit more oomph for <coughs> the animated series. We mm-hmm. think it's a better route to go, and, of course, it's less expensive. Yeah. Um, but we had even talked about doing, it would be fun to do uh, tokosatsu do a live action. Mm-hmm. Um, like medium budget. Yeah, of. you know, but the thing is, is like, if you do it with the medium budget, it's going to come out looking hokey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you, the want, thing you want to keep like an edge. I to... don't, you know, I I want it to be cool. Mm-hmm. I want, like what Saburai wanted. He wanted it cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, Honda wanted it cool. All these guys wanted it cool. And, you know, obviously <laughs> they, they worked with what they had in right. whatever era they were working in. You know, and I know if we tried to do it like that, it's going to wind up looking like, you know, a Beastie Boys video. Okay. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and, you know there's, like, and some of it's cool, but like the Devo video and all that, and, you know, like when they did the Kaiju wrestling and all that. And it's cool, but I, I want people to look at it and say, this is really reminiscent of those okay. movies. And, but I don't, I, I, I don't want it to be hokey. And what Alan had mentioned, the metaphors is like, they're really important because um, the under it's it's like a B movie. It's, it's not War and Peace, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. But there's there's some underlying stories in both of the books that are me and um, my struggles um, as an addict and as somebody who's an artist, you know, because some of us seem to struggle with that low self esteem and all of that kind of stuff and. Uh, I, you know, I struggle with all of that, and the protagonist in the first book struggles with a lot of that. And when I wrote the book, I, uh, I, I didn't care if, if nobody bought one of them. But the, the heart of the, the heart of the matter is, is Tommy's coming to grips with his life and everything that's around him, and he's got this real feeling of less than, and he feels like everybody's better than him, and all of that. And, and the book, his hero's journey is finding out that he's got a lot to offer. He's a great guy. He's real talented. And you see his journey as he comes through all of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought if one 16-year-old kid read the book, 
and it made him feel better about himself. Of course, when he's a young, yeah. when we're young and we're going yeah. through all that stuff, and you just go, "Oh my God, I'm just you know." At least me, you know. It's like, and you learn this stuff the hard way, and you go through yeah. school and all this stuff. He's like, uh. I always thought if one kid read this book yeah. and he could connect with this character and say, "Man, I am not." I, I, I'm not going to do this self-loathing. I'm, I'm just as good as everybody else. I don't have to be look like a movie star. I don't have to be, you know, an honor roll student. That's what I. That's what I will not bend on whatsoever. And then the second book has something very similar, and I don't want to give it away, but there is a uh, um, something that's very important in that one to me as well. Those are the under the underlining stories of the B movie. That is rock yeah. solid. Right. Awesome. What about the way they would make your cowboy robot? Is there anything about it that you were like, mm. I don't like the way well, you made it? You know, um, I think that you've already hit on the, the main points. The first thing would be that it needs to have uh, some element of uh, Americana to it. Okay, yep. of course. The second thing is that it needs to be bulky. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Other than that, frankly, um, I think that. Uh, You're like let's rainbow color this. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Giant straw hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's really not a deal breaker. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. yeah. We keep, that a, keep that underlying we story. Make a whole good straw hat to get in. the trees to make this. <laughs> I mean, as long as there's a giant paycheck involved, I guess yeah. Paula Shore could play Nathan, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, we're up to on to our hour. So, right, thank, you. thank you so much for coming out. Uh, real quick plugs. Absolutely. Where can they find you guys? Go ahead, Alan. Uh, Alan O.W. Barnes.com, A L A N O W B A R N E S.com. I have a hub to everything there. Okay, uh, so you're are you on the Twitter, uh, the Facebook, the Twitter, the, the Facebook, the, the, the YouTube, <laughs> yeah. the, the iTunes for podcasts. It's all there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Big in Japan, books one and two are now both available on Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the first one is on Kindle now. The next one will be on Kindle in about a week. Mm -hmm. um, you can also visit www.biginjapanrocks.com. If you want an autographed book, get it through the website. Um, for music and music production, you can visit www.timsguitar.net. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So, all right. Well, we're going to wrap things up here. Do what? Plug with charity, Tim. Oh. oh, you know, um, <laughs> G-Fans helping G-Fans, which is really cool. Um, my friend Matt is, um, who has done this really cool series featuring G-Fantas, um, who is the mascot for G-Fan magazine, mm -hmm. and he's done this really cool story where G-Fantas fights other authors' monsters. Oh, nice. And uh, a lot of authors who are here this week, mm -hmm. and they have, and I remember the name now, he has created a something similar to a March Madness bracket where all of these <laughs> kaijus are battling it out. Mm -hmm. And um, Is that what uh, Kyle was posting on on KaijuCast? It could have been. It's similar to that, I okay. believe. It was something similar to that. But um, there's there's more of that coming in, in, in response to that. And uh, it's going to be for G-Fans helping G-Fans um, uh, who... Uh, you know, we thought it was a great charity to help out, yeah. you know, all these, you know, crazy kaiju people. We're all mm -hmm. brethren, you know. Awesome. So, all right. So what we're going to do is wrap up. We're going to show some oddball, awesome stuff that Mark's got in his uh, Felix the Cat goodie bag. So uh, thank you guys for coming on. Oh, okay. Thanks thank so you. Much thank, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. So for myself. 
Alan O.W. Barnes. Timothy Price. Jessica Sang. This is, I'm Chris. This has been another episode of Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. Thank you, G-Fests. Woo!